The Bears just continually kick you right in the balls. You are locked on fantasy basketball, your daily podcast on fantasy basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. And today's Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast is also brought to you by DraftKings. Use the promo code LOFB to play for $10,000 for free with your first deposit. My name is Josh Lloyd and as always you can find me on Twitter at RedRock underscore B-Ball. We are two days away from the NBA season kicking off. Today's episode is going to be focused primarily on uh, on seasonal leagues. Tomorrow's is going to be mainly a DFS preview with other NBA news thrown in. And then we're back with the regular season style episodes, which will start after the games finish on uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday, if you are living here in Australia. And that's how we're going to be looking at it. So two days ago, before the season begins, hopefully most of your drafts are in the books. A couple of them will be kicking off in the next couple of hours or days and getting yourself ready for that first NBA game to kick off on uh, on Tuesday, as I said, which is really exciting times. There's a lot to, to pay attention to in this um in this offseason and, and through this preseason and now starting the regular season. Almost didn't get this podcast done today. I got uh, I went away for the weekend um, before... And just before everything really started to get crazy, got home last night, computer not working, just completely dead, which was, uh, it's always awesome to come back two days before the NBA season start and your computer just stops working completely. Really, really enjoy that. So I had to go out this morning, wait till the shops are open, get there right at, right at, right at nine for the shops to open and buy myself a new computer so I could, uh, so I could get all my work done and get these shows out to you guys. So that was what, what I did today. So it wasn't, wasn't a great night, but, uh, but sorted that out. So this podcast is a little bit later than what it normally would be. Normally I like to record them earlier in the morning to get them out, but, uh, obviously, uh, some restrictions involved there, but it is out. The computer's good. Hopefully I can get that second one fixed. So I've got backups, uh, in play just in case all this stuff happens again, but you don't need to know about my, uh, my computer sob stories. Let's get to it, to it. Let's get to talking about fantasy basketball. Before we get into talking about the uh, the week ahead, and what I'm going to do is look at the the week schedule. There's only six days in this week, and talk about players that are worth adding for that time and ways to manage the schedule. I want to talk about just some of the news that did come out across the weekend in the NBA that we need to talk about. Seth Curry is going to be out for at least the first week of the regular season. We anticipated that. I thought he'd probably be out until some point in November. Rick Carlisle says he is currently week to week, so they've ruled him out for that first week. I imagine that probably another couple of weeks as well with that stress reaction in his leg. Yogi Ferrell is going to start in his place, and he makes a very interesting ad for that short-term situation. And you should already be looking at streamers, and we're going to talk about that later. Players who are going to have value in this first week, and Yogi is going to be one of those guys you can get a couple of weeks worth of action out of him. Uh, it appears with Curry out, and that could be useful. And then after that, you cut him in and you move someone else into that spot. That's the way that all this stuff works. Marcus Morris is also out for the first three games of the season with a knee problem. Jason Tatum is not 100% confirmed, but it's confirmed. He is going to he is going to start. And Morris is bad. He is not a good player. He is not someone who should have any interest in in any sort of twelve team league. I would want nothing to do with Marcus Morris in that sort of a situation. Jason Tatum, on the other hand, I would be looking if he is available on my waiver wire and grabbing him and seeing what he can do. If he gets this start for the first three games and looks competent, I don't think Marcus Morris is getting that back. If their number three overall draft pick, who Danny Ainge valued as the best player in the draft. 
If he comes out and looks good, they're not taking him out of the starting lineup. They'll continue to give him minutes, and he'll continue to be a useful fantasy player. So if he's on your waiver wire, go and look over there. The other news regarding the draft and regarding, I guess, that Celtics trade is Markel Fultz will not begin the season as the starter. This is something I mentioned maybe a week, week and a half ago. I wouldn't be surprised if this would happen, and it is not happening. Jared Bayless is likely going to be the starter, so Fultz is going to be impacted in terms of his playing time initially. Bayless, that makes him an interesting short-term grab for this first week at least, but I don't imagine Fultz is going to be coming off the bench all season. He did deal with a shoulder sprain in preseason, and that limited his playing time somewhat. He looked okay in stretches, poor in others. Uh, really concerned about Fultz, just the, the way that he went about changing his shooting mechanics without speaking to anyone. That doesn't show a whole. Um, it doesn't show a whole lot of. Um, I don't know, grasping the concept of what you need to do in the NBA, but we'll see how that all pans out for him in the future. For now, if you drafted Fultz, you just hold on. But look, it could be a rough couple of months. We saw how rough it was for Brandon Ingram last season. It could be the same thing for Fultz this season. So you just hold and we see what happens. Bayless is not a viable long-term piece, but for the first week, two weeks, he is going to have a little bit of value. But the fact that you know, Bayless is going to start at point guard, moving Fultz to the backup point guard role, it really does impact TJ McConnell's role, I think, because we could have had McConnell and Bayless playing in that backup unit as the one-two. But if Fultz is going to be the backup point guard, then where does McConnell fit? And I think that this does really hamper him. He has no sniff at being a standard league guy at this point. They do like what he can do. I think he'll play some minutes, but they will be reduced at least until Fultz gets back into the starting lineup. And then we may see a little bit of Bayless off the ball with uh, TJ running the point. But for now, I think it does have an impact on TJ's minutes. Speaking of guys with initials as their first name, CJ McCollum is suspended for the first game of the regular season for coming off the bench during a brawl in the uh, most recent Blazers preseason game. He'll miss that first game. That's getting pretty ugly in terms of their wing depth. They've already lost Alan Crabb. Um, you would think that means more minutes for Shabazz Napier. It means more minutes for Evan Turner, who could be interesting stream guys on that day. But of course, have a look. You could you could talk about streaming them, but if if you can't actually fit that player on your roster because their first game is Wednesday when there's a multitude of games and it's, and it's tasty. It's against Phoenix, but what does it matter? The Blazers play Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, all high-volume days, so adding Evan Turner might not necessarily you know, be useful. You might not be able to use him. So while an opportunity opens up, it's more an opportunity for maybe who your 11th guy is on your roster to move into your starting lineup rather than go grab this awesome option off waivers. Maybe Turner could be that guy because you need assists, but you really do have to look at it and see how it fits in. A couple of things out of Detroit. Reggie Jackson has no minutes restrictions. He does have a playing ability restriction, and there is going to be competition from Ish Smith, who's played really well in this preseason. I still believe that Reggie starts and gets the bulk of the minutes, but there is almost zero chance that Jackson plays over 30 minutes per game this year. Not to do with injury, but because of A, you know, Smith playing well, and B, the way Van Gundy uses his point guard. So expect a, a 28 to 20 or a 26 to 22 or a 24-24 minute split between big Reg Jackson and Ish Smith. That makes Ish a really interesting late pick, especially if he can get the starting job and play 28 a night because his assists are really useful. We know he has issues with his percentages and efficiency, but late uh, draft or waiver wire assists are really, really hard to come by. That's what gives Manu Ginobili your value as streamers in many situations. He can average four assists in 19 minutes per game. It's what makes Milos Teodosic an interesting player because he can maybe average six assists per game even in a bench role. So Ish will be someone to watch. We'll see what happens with that Pistons starting point guard positions. But keep an eye on it. I think that Jackson is still someone you want to own. Um, but the role is not 100% clear. 
Over in LA, as I was talking about Milosh over there, Pat Bev has missed practice recently with a knee issue. So Tia Dosic, while I think he should be owned anyway, if Beverly's going to miss time, then uh, then Milosh is going to have significant value there. Austin Rivers, it, Doc said he was going to be out a while. Turns out he's back as a full participant in practice. So he is looking like he he's going to be ready to go for that opening night uh, game. How that rotation is going to pay out with Beverly, Rivers, Lou Williams, and Tia Dosic is anyone's guess at this point. Uh, Rivers is the worst of that quartet. That probably means he'll get the most of those minutes there. And he's not really a, a massive fantasy option. But Beverly, Teodosic, and Williams all are. Um, and if Beverly's out, then you would get Williams and Teodosic getting a, a big bump in their value as well. In Memphis, James Ennis is going to start over Chandler Parsons. I was all in on taking Parsons as a flyer in drafts. Now, if you did, piss him off. Get rid of him. No point hanging on. If he's going to be a reserve, and he's going to be a reserve power forward pretty much, there's, there's no hope there, uh, at least at this early part of the season. I wanted to see how he did in preseason to see, you know, that's a, take, take a flyer, see how it works, see how it looks. It's not looking good. Get rid of him. Move on. Get someone else off the waiver wire. There are plenty of options on your wire. Get Tatum. Get Jalen Brown. Get someone else. Parsons can go in 12-team leagues, in my opinion. We saw the trade on the weekend with Dick Jefferson and Kay Felder being traded to the Hawks. They have since been waived. The Milwaukee Bucks have emerged as suitors for Dick Jefferson because, of course, the Bucks need another veteran who's not going to provide anything to a young team apart from leadership. That's what Jason Terry is there for. But the Bucks are at only 14 men on their roster after waiving Brandon Russia. Jefferson could get some minutes. It is not going to impact Giannis. It is not going to impact Chris Middleton. It is not going to impact Tony Snell. It might take some minutes away from DJ Wilson, but it's not like he looked fantastic in the preseason. There's not really a lot to love with Jefferson. Even if he does get signed, he'd be a very 20-team deep league sort of guy, maybe a 30-team sort of player. That's really about it. Nothing to panic about. For the Lakers, it appears, and appears to me, that Larry Nance is going to be the opening night starter at Power Forward. Julius Randle is dealing with a rib strain, but regardless of that, Nance had started the preseason games over Randle anyway. I know people love Randle. You cannot class me as one of those. He looks solid, but to me, for him to achieve his ADP, there was just no chance. At 71, he would need you know, 33 minutes. He would need to get his assist numbers up from last season. He would need to be better than last season when all the situation was going against that. Now, what I do think that Randall can do as a bench player is he might, he will, I think not he might, I think he definitely will cut into Ivica Zubats's minutes and play some backup center behind Brook Lopez, play some backup four. Of course, there is also MVP Kyle Kuzma there who will play some minutes at the three and at the four, though. Um, I, I told you it wasn't going to last forever. He was shit in his last uh, preseason game, so it was never going to last forever. I think we're going to have Ingram and Nance as the starters. Nance getting mid-20s in minutes and, and Randall getting yeah, mid to high 20s as the backup 4-5. He still should be rostered in 12-team leagues, but some people are expecting him to be top 40, top 50, which to me is absolute insanity. His ADP was too high as well. As for um, as for Nance, you look, he, he does provide some intrigue in his uh, defensive stats, but that's uh, that's really about it. When we have a look at, uh, at what he can do, he's not going to be this huge offensive threat or anything along those lines. All right, now we've got a new sponsor to talk about, and that is a, a sponsor that many of you will be familiar uh, familiar about. But hey, here we are to talk about them, and that is DraftKings. Basketball season is back, and you know what that means. It's time to put your basketball knowledge and my own basketball knowledge to the test in one-day fantasy basketball over at DraftKings.com. 
With One Day Fantasy Basketball at DraftKings, you can be a part of the action every single night. There are so many ways to play over at DraftKings. I know plenty of you are listening to it, but there are, there are many people who play season-long fantasy who have reached out to me and said, you know what, Josh, you did that DFS podcast the other day. I'm going to start doing some DFS, and this is a great way to do it. There are public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can just set it up and take on just your friends for real money. DraftKings even has beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of a similar skill level. So you don't have to worry about going up against professionals or people who have been doing this for ages. You go in the beginner contest, get your feet wet, work, work out how it all works. Drafting your team is simple. You select eight players and you stay under that $50,000 salary cap as me and Greg spoke about in that podcast the other day. There's points for scoring, assists, blocks, rebounds, of course, um, triple-double, double-double bonuses, three-point made bonus, all that stuff. The best part is you get to draft a new team every day without any commitment. There's no better way to turn your love of basketball into cash tonight. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use the code LOFB to play free with your first deposit for your share of $10,000 in total prizes. That's code LOFB to play for free with your first deposit only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. It's a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, it's good to have DraftKings on board as a sponsor for this season. Now what I want to do is uh is talk about um talk about the the season, talk about um the the weekly well, what we want to do here for week 1 in terms of games and the spread of games throughout the first week of the uh, of the NBA season. Week 1, now Matt Smith's got a great article uh, for this listed over or put up over on basketballmonster.com. What I want to really pay attention to here is the distribution of the games. On Tuesday, we've got two games, Wednesday, 11, Thursday, 3, Friday, 10, Saturday, 11, and Sunday, 3. So adding players who play on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, you're not going to be able to get those guys into your daily lineups because you'll likely have a full roster anyway. Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday are the days that we can really have a look at and try and get some players in for streaming purposes. So when we're looking at these waiver wire guys, those days, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, they're the really important ones for us to take a look at. So you know, let's have a look at, at teams that, that do play there and, and how we can sort of make the most out of uh, out of working out the, the way to get, you know, or maximize your gains for the week or, or getting your streaming strategy, uh, I guess, sorted to a, to a more, um, I guess, a, a beneficial way for, for setting your lineups for during the week. So what we want to do is we want to have a look at which teams have um, at least two games on those three days. And there are only two teams for this week that have that option or have that uh, happening with their schedule. And that is the Los Angeles Lakers and it is the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Lakers play on Thursday. Their first game is not till Thursday. They play on Thursday and Sunday. The, the Thunder, the same, Thursday, Sunday. So what that means is we don't have any teams that play Tuesday and Thursday. So that Tuesday, Thursday, pseudo back-to-back you don't have anyone there. So you're looking to stream someone in from those two games on Tuesday. So we've got Cleveland, we've got Boston, we've got Houston, and we've got the Warriors. So you can look to stream someone then. And then what I do, instead of getting someone in on the Wednesday, because again, in most cases, you're not likely to be able to play that player on Wednesday. Then you want to target, uh, if you've got limited moves as well, you could target a Lakers guy or a Thunder guy. But you could also look at these other teams that play on Thursday, the Knicks, the Bulls, uh, the Raptors. They're, and the Clippers, they're also playing on Thursday. So you could get one of those guys. But because we've only got these three low-volume days, um, 
you probably won't use your full acquisition limit. Now, that depends. Do you have a three acquisition limit for the week, a five, a seven? That depends on how your league is set up. But if you want to maximize output for for moves, you know, the Lakers and the Thunder are teams that you want to have a look at. A bloke like Larry Nance could have significant value. It appears like he is going to be the starter, as I said earlier. So getting him for Thursday, Sunday is really good. You know I've been really out on Jordan Clarkson this year, but Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, he is missing the first two games. So that first game that the Lakers play against the Clippers, especially he is going to get way more minutes. Um, who else is available for, for the Lakers that might be there? Yeah, Kyle Kuzma, I'm not, I haven't been massive on him, thinking that he's going to be this stud top 100 guy, but if he's around, you get him, and you can get two really solid games out of out of these guys. Yeah, even Clarko, as much as I don't really like him, the fact that they play the Clippers on Thursday and then the Suns on Friday, that actually might make him one of your 10 best players on Friday. And then after that, he likely won't be anywhere near it. But you might be able to get you know Thursday, Friday out of Clarkson and Sunday out of him in that situation, even though his minutes will drop back to below 30. But you'll still have that extra game there available for him on thun- uh, Sunday. For the Thunder, it's a little bit different. Obviously, George, Mallow, and Westbrook are all going to be owned by everyone, as is Steve Adams. We don't know if Pat Patterson is going to play. The guys you want to look at, um, I think it's mainly Andre Robertson, especially if you're looking to supplement your team with some defensive numbers. He's the guy that's going to be able to do that. But otherwise, his team doesn't have a huge amount of value. You could consider Alex Abrines if you want to stream some threes in that Thursday-Sunday combination as well. The other teams that play on the Sunday, apart from those that we've already mentioned, we've got the Hawks, we've got the Nets, we've got the Pelicans, and we've got the Timberwolves playing. So there's going to be value there from the uh, from the Pelicans. Etwan Moore, Ian Clark, get some extra run. Maybe you want to add a Dante Cunningham. Atlanta and Brooklyn, there's shitloads of value there. DeAndre Bembry, maybe, is available. Johnny Collins, Ersan, Ilya Sova. Dwayne Dedman's owned in under 50% of leagues, which we'll talk about soon. Um, for the Timberwolves, Gorgie Jeng might have been dropped, so you can add him for Sunday. There's not much on there, Ben. So, uh, uh, what's his name? Jamal Crawford's not going to have a, a huge impact. Tyus Jones, but if you're talking about deeper leagues, maybe they will. With Brooklyn, Damari Carroll looks like an awesome Sunday addition yeah, to look at their Karis Levert, if he's available. Maybe Jarrett Allen, especially after we see how the Nets look in their first two games against the Pacers and the Magic. Looking at those guys against Atlanta should be able to provide some pretty interesting value. And interestingly, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is owned in under 50% of the leagues, and that really does need to be rectified, and he should be owned in, in way more than that. So that's a way that you can look at the schedule and look at getting um, you know, working out how to best manage it and get the most games in for the week. Now, if you're playing in a weekly situation, you want to try and maximize games played. So which teams are playing more games? So if we want to look, the majority of teams are playing three games. So hopefully you can fill out your lineup with all three game players. You've got the Hawks, the Celtics, the Nets, the Cavs, the Mavs, Pistons, Warriors, Rockets, Pacers, Lakers, Bucks, Wolves, Pelicans, Thunder, Magic, Sixers, Suns, Blazers, Kings, and Jazz. All of those teams play three games for this week. While the Hornets, Bulls, Nuggets, Clippers, Grizzlies, Heat, Knicks, Spurs, Raptors, and Wizards all play two games this week. So when we're looking at it, of course, you can check all this out over on Basketball Monster on our schedule analyzer. It will show you who's got the easiest schedule, who's got the hardest schedule. And that that is a little bit hard to tell at this point because obviously we don't have any seasonal data from this year. We're looking at it, or not even the hardest, but more like you know pace-related, who slows it down, the potential, the way we're looking at it for defense. But this will all change once we see some stuff start to come together throughout the season. But some teams, not all three-game schedules are are made the same. Dallas, for example, has got a three-game schedule, but none of those games appear on a 
uh, on a quality game day on a Tuesday, Thursday, or Sunday. They play Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So adding a guy, even though they've got three games and they look great against Atlanta, they're against Sacramento, they're against Houston, really good fantasy teams to play against. Yeah, adding these waiver wire guys, maybe it's a Yogi Ferrell, maybe Wes Matthews is around, maybe it's uh, Dwight Powell, maybe it's Dorian Finney-Smith, maybe it's JJ Barea. You might not even get to use these guys though, because they're all all three of their games are, are coming on a uh, on, on a high schedule day. Now again, for weekly matchups, that doesn't make too much a, a, of an impact, but it is something to pay attention to. Then you look at the flip side: the Timberwolves, they play the Spurs, yuck, the Jazz, Jesus, and the Thunder. Yeah, they're three teams. Those three teams literally could be the best three teams in terms of uh, defensive rating this season. They might be three out of the best four teams. So that is a, a real, real nasty sort of situation just in terms of you know, limiting what they can do. They played a low pace anyway, the Timberwolves, but matching up against the Spurs, Jazz, and Thunder is is just shitful in terms of defense. That's a really, really tough start. The Thunder don't have it that easy as well. They play the Jazz, they play the Timberwolves, who themselves are a tough one, and they play the Knicks, which is, which is obviously a nice one. You look at the Clippers, they've got a great start. They play the Lakers on Thursday. Fantastic. And they play the Suns on, on Saturday. You have really, really good start, but it's only two games. But again, as I said earlier, with Beverly struggling with his knee, maybe Milosh can come in and put up some really, really good numbers. Maybe he can get you know, 12 assists across those two games and score 25 points and hit three threes and get two steals. A real big possibility given how good that schedule does look for Milosh um, across the start of this season. What I want to look at now is a couple of things. I want to look at players who have got significant value that are on the waiver wire for this week. And then I want to look at players who are owned in under 50% of Yahoo leagues who are available. And this is for season long value and they shouldn't be owned. They shouldn't be unowned in those situations. So if we want to talk about this week, some guys that I do like. If the situation fits, you know, um, Yogi Ferrell, really good schedule for Dallas, but you have to look. Will it, will you get three games out of him? given the fact that they play no quality games. So that is that is an issue. Now, for the Nets, you've got Karis LeVert, Damari Carroll, who I think you know, can provide great value, especially for that Sunday game that they do have. Ersan Ilyasova, another player who's going to have some pretty nice value, mainly for that Sunday action against the Nets, but you might be able to slide him in on the Wednesday or on the Friday that they play. Evan Turner, especially with CJ out, maybe there's some value there, but there's 11 games on Wednesday, so probably you're not going to be able to fit Evan Turner into your active lineup. But have a look. You might, and he's going to get some extra run in that situation. Jason Tatum, I love for this week, and he's a guy that I'd be adding. Aaron Baines might have some value as well with Marcus Morris out for Boston. For uh, Detroit, Stan Johnson looks like there's almost no chance that he doesn't start. He will be the starter, so I like what he can do this week. Same as Ish Smith, really solid adds, not only for this week, but for the season as well. Whereas in Sacramento, you've got Garrett Temple, Zach Randolph, and Bud Heald. They all play three games. Um, the Kings do this week, so that's some advantage there. If they are available, and, and they might be, Heald probably unlikely, but I've seen him in, on some waiver wires. You know, those Kings guys do have some value. The problem is, is they play zero of those quality games, so that leads to a little bit of a problem there. With Isaiah Thomas out, we know that Derek Rose is going to be the starter. The Cavs play on opening night, so if Rose is around, I don't like Rose as a player. I like him less as a person, but adding him for that Tuesday seems like a really smart thing to do and using him on that day, and then maybe you don't use him again, but there's some value there. John Simmons in Orlando, I think he's going to in an interesting situation for this week. The Magic do play three games, but like a lot of these teams, none of them are on the low schedule night, so that you have to look how that pans out. Phoenix, there's a couple of players who I do like there. They don't have a quality game either, so... Eh. Alex Lennon, Joshy Jackson, if they are around, there's there's something there. Donovan Mitchell for Utah. 
Um, the Jazz have three games, but again, sadly, no quality games there. But Mitchell could have some value, but I think you'll find better options of guys that can actually play for you. Um, Nance and Clarkson, I talked about already for the Lakers. For the Warriors, they've got the opening night happening. So Andre Iguodala and Zaza Pachulia are options to stream in on that uh, on that opening night. For the Pelicans, I talked about them on the Sunday. Each one more, um, Ian Clark, some value there. The Indiana Pacers, they've got uh, they've got three games as well. No quality games, but you might need Boyan's threes. You might need Lance Stevenson's um, assist numbers. So there's some value there. The Sixers also are going to be an interesting team because there is a back-to-back in in this first week for the Sixers. So that is probably going to render Joel Embiid inactive for one of those. It's a Friday-Saturday against the Celtics and the Raptors. I don't know exactly which game he is going to sit, but on that game that he sits, Amir Johnson, Dario Saric, Jolly Lokofor all have some value. But it's the Friday-Saturday where there is a lot of games on, so maybe those guys can't provide that value that you necessarily need. Also, Jared Bayless, Given that he's starting, he might actually be able to crack your best 10 players anyway, at least for this first week, but always pay attention to who you're dropping because he's not going to remain a starter for the whole season. I wouldn't have thought. Anyway, the Houston Rockets, they play opening night, so PJ Tucker is in the mix there to be useful, especially for some out-of-position rebounds and some steal numbers. I like looking at him, and I already talked about Andre Robertson. With the Thunder having those two quality games, you can get some pretty decent stats. You might get three steals, three blocks out of Robertson. Maybe you can get two triples. Maybe you can get... 15, 16 rebounds out of him in, in those two games. Potentially, maybe that's being a little bit aggressive on the rebounding front, but there is something to set, be said there for Robertson, especially when, when only two teams have two quality games and his team is one of those teams. Now, what I was also doing is looking through the Yahoo ownership list and looking at the players under 50% and in really targeting the guys who in no way should be owned in under 50% of leagues. And I'll go through them here. Now, all of you guys who listen to this podcast will be pretty much well aware of these guys and understand they should be owned. But if you just found the podcast now and maybe you're not aware of, of guys that I've been really, really you know, looking to give the old Dutch writer to, here is a list of guys who I think that should, there's no way they should be unowned in, uh, in 12-team leagues. The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman. He's owned in 46% of leagues. It's bullshit. He has to be owned in every league. Make sure he is owned in yours. Even more egregious, I just didn't have any music for him. Joshy Richardson, what the hell's going on? He's owned in under 50% of leagues. Pick him up everywhere, absolutely every single league he needs to be owned in. It needs to be 100%. Josh Richardson, tell, tell your mates, whoever it is, grab him. Torian Prince, what the hell? Again, I know it's a victim of the pre-ranks on Yahoo, but get this guy onto teams. I know that you guys own him. You have to own him. If you don't, please do it. Milos, Milos Teodosic, he should be owned in majority of 12-team leagues, as should Jaron Grant, who put up 10, 9, and 8 in the Bulls' last preseason game. His backup is going to be a guy that I can't even pronounce his name, Ryan Archidakano, which I don't think is how he even pronounced it because he pronounces it wrong. But he's going to be the backup. So Grant's going to play 30-plus minutes. There's no one there. Chris Dunn, campaign, they're all out. Denzel Valentine's not even going to play point guard because Fred Hoiberg is a dickhead. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. But Jaron Grant, at least until Chris Dunn's back, which is two, three weeks away, Grant should be owned everywhere. Everywhere. And I know it's not sexy, but he should be owned everywhere. So should Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. It makes no sense. He's looked really good in preseason. Has to be owned. Justin Holiday, 
also has to be earned, at least until Zach Levine comes back, but that could be two months away, three months away. Not sure why these guys are still... Jermichael Green is owned in 29% of leagues. I'm sorry, I just went off tangent from Justin Holiday. Holiday, own him. Jermichael Green is owned in 29% of games. The Grizzlies' backup power forward is Chandler Parsons. Yeah, Green needs to be owned everywhere. He's not a high upside guy, but he's a guy that can easily crack the top 100. Needs to be owned. Jeremy Lamb with Nick Batum out for eight weeks. You have to get onto Lamb. He's going to play. He's fine. Michael Carter-Williams is going to be out also. So that means Malik Monk's going to have to play more at point guard. Dwayne Bacon's look nice. But you know, this is the only situation where I'd say I prefer Lamb over Bacon. And that's a, just a horrible, horrible joke. But Lamb, Lamb needs to be owned. Larry Nance is going to be your starting power forward. He gives you defensive numbers. Look to him. Denzel Valentine. I know that Hoiberg is going to screw around with him. But he's going to get minutes in the mid-20s. He's going to hit threes. He's going to get assists. And he is a very, very useful fantasy player. We didn't see it last year because the Bulls were terrible. They're terrible this year in a more entertaining way. And that can work in Denzel's favor. Pat Mills is around in so many leagues. I know DeJounte Murray is going to be the starter. But that doesn't mean he's playing 32 minutes. Mills is going to play at the one. He's going to play at the two. If going Kawhi's out, you're going to see more of Mills there in trying to initiate the offense or trying to score or be the go-to guy. He's going to play, and he's going to play good minutes. Norm Powell is available in plenty of leagues. There's a bunch of guys there, probably 15 guys that I just reeled off that should really be owned in all leagues to start this season. So go and have a look if they're around. Go and have a look who the worst player on your team is and make the move. And if you want to know if you should make the move, let me know. Because there will be situations where your team is that strong, where your worst player ends up being Torian Prince. And then you've got Rollis uh, Jefferson on the wave. And I'd say, you know what, probably just keep on to, hold on to Torian. Because you've drafted so well. But have a look and see if you can make room for these guys onto your roster. We're done. That is the look ahead to the first week. Again, tomorrow we're going to be previewing those first two games, Cleveland now, Cleveland and Boston and Houston and Golden State, looking at it for DFS. I know everyone's going to be super keen. DFS is back. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It's a two-game slate. Just calm down a bit. Play. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play DFS on that first day. I'll say it now. But yeah, Wednesday is the one where you want to really look at when you've got the 11 games. Two-game slates can be nasty. They can be tricky, especially when there's a lot of unknown. Now, there's not a massive amount of unknown with Cleveland at this point. With Houston, there's pretty much zero unknown. Golden State, there's zero unknown. Boston, there's a bit, I guess, with Tatum. But the rotations are fairly settled. So that that is a bonus when we're looking at DFS. But the whole Boston team is how they're going to mesh together. How does that work out? How does the hierarchy work? So there is some unknown there. First day of the season, two games. To me, it's a low-volume, stay-away type of DFS day. But it is... Of course, the only action that's on, so people are going to be involved. So tomorrow's show, we're going to go through any other NBA news that there is, and we're going to preview those two games the way that we do during the season. Break down each game, each position, and talk about where the value is on Fangio and their DraftKings prices as well. That's what we're going to be doing in tomorrow's show. Hopefully, I've got my other computer back and fixed. Um, I apologize if the video is a little bit choppy on this uh, on this video. If you are watching the video, it's um, obviously just a different computer with less uh, less graphical specs than what my original one did. Hopefully it can get fixed and we can get back in business. The audio stuff is fine, clearly. And make sure you are subscribing to this podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. Audio Boom is no longer. We are over on Megaphone now. So if you were listening directly through Audio Boom, well, you must have already found this podcast. Look at Apple Podcasts, look at Google Play, look at TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify, and leave a review. It's a great way that you can help support the podcast. And of course, go and support the podcast by checking out DraftKings and entering that promo code LOFB to get yourself a free entry into a $10,000 contest with a minimum deposit of $5 into your account. 
We are done here, guys. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Frank Kaminsky.